0: This bike ride, I'm just so overwhelmed, I can't even get up front. <laughs> so I was out on this bike ride this week, and I uh, went north on Camp Lincoln Road, and then over to 77, and then I asked permission, but I cut through the construction zone where the roundabout is being put in, backside of uh, the pines, and then Lower Roy Lake Road, and then Upper Roy Lake Road, and then 29, and then the trail home, had this interesting encounter. That was at the end of the week. So the beginning of the week was a little bit weirder, right, because problems with the boat specifically problems with the motor on the boat. The boat floats, the motor wouldn't run properly. So you think, what is it? Is it spark, compression, fuel? You ask the question, what's wrong? The trailer pulls hard, what's wrong? The engine misses, what's wrong? The kid's got a fever, what's wrong? We also use the question, what's wrong, when we're thinking about our own personal health, okay, or we're inquiring about someone else's health. Something seems a little off you go to a friend, what's wrong? Are you okay? Emotionally, psychologically, physically safe? Good question to ask if someone that you know might be in a dicey situation. Are you physically safe in your home? What's wrong? Sometimes it's a question of what's least wrong. Sometimes it's a question of what's right, the decision one is about to make what's right. You have two or three or four or five different options. It might be a case of what's most right. But what if we didn't have to worry or even think about what was wrong or right? Page 973, Galatians, look for the big three, after which you'll look for a small 19. The first line is a question. Why then the law? Great question. It was added because of transgressions until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. And it was put in place through angels by an intermediary. That's Moses, okay? Now, an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Great question. No! For if a law had been given that could give life, then righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the Scriptures, capital S Scripture, Imprisoned everything under sin so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Managing behavior, okay, right? Laws manage behavior. The stuff that I shouldn't do, the stuff that I should do. Here's the list of the things that you should or you shouldn't do. But let's be honest. The law doesn't change behavior. I mean, it's the secret wish of just about everyone, who ever gets in power. Oh, if I just get in power, I can make laws to change people's behavior. Jonathan Edwards, okay? One might argue, Jonathan Edwards, great theologian, although you could make the argument Whitfield was the giant, but Edwards wrote more. Edwards was kicked out of his Northampton congregation. Not because his theology was off, but because he wanted to be the authority of the town in his role as pastor. The people were like, yeah, hard pass. No thanks. Again, it's one of those history things. Please understand, I'm not saying Jonathan Edwards is a bad guy. But it informs my own life, right? Additionally, my father said in no uncertain terms to not participate as a candidate for public office when he said, keep your nose out of politics, it's no place for a preacher. Which also informs my willingness to challenge the view of any political party when it's different from this book. But I digress. You've heard that speech before. I'll get off that soapbox. Laws don't change people's behavior. They just manage it for a time. You're like, no, laws do a good job. Quick question for you. You drove here this morning? How many of you? I know at least one, okay? Probably two, myself being the second one. Although I did roll through the stop sign. Having a speed limit has, has created less speeders, right? No one here went over the speed limit to get here this morning, right? Even the side roads. Right? No one? Oh, all of you did? (laughs) Right. I think you have my point. It's not that the law is bad. There's lots of good stuff in the law. Both the laws that we have in the state of Minnesota and the United States of America, as well as the laws of the Torah, right? Lots of good stuff. Like, don't sleep with someone who isn't your spouse. If we just followed that law, there would be so much less pain in the world. But laws don't change behavior, they just manage it. And wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if we didn't need the law? In understanding the law, you have to understand that it's temporary. Why is it temporary? Phenomenal question. And to be sure, I can't fully answer it. But there is, I think when you want when to you, you, when you take a step back, okay, and, and not just focus on Galatians or any one book of the Bible or the first five books of the Old Testament, which are the books of the law, if you look at the totality of what the Bible is doing, you see this arc of a story, and not like a fairy tale story, a true story, a true story that is factually accurate and designed to be experienced. You see this story, and you see God's redemption. And you quickly realize that there is a need for this plan to be executed in a correct way at a correct time, or the right time and the right place. And in my feeble mind, it seems like God, who's in charge of the plan for human history, but with the nuance of dealing with chaotic, unpredictable human agents, wants a couple things, okay? Number one, God wants to be in relationship. He wants to be in relationship with God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Trinity are in a perfect relationship. He also wants to be in relationship with humans. That's you and me. And I think you could kind of argue that God has a relationship with angels, although that's a different kind of relationship. So number one, God wants to be in relationship. Number two, God wants to make sure that the relationships will be pure and holy. No infidelity, no wonky behavior. But chaotic humans mean that there will be wonky behavior. So if God is going to take the chance with the first thing, which is wanting to be in relationship, God has got to figure out a way in which the wonkiness can go away, a.k.a. how do we deal with sin. That's where Jesus comes in. But God wants a lot of relationships, okay? And so he doesn't lay the Jesus card right after Adam and Eve sin. Well, they eat the mango or the banana or the papaya. He waits with the Jesus card. He waits to make Jesus as effective as Jesus can be. Not in terms of efficacy of sacrifice, but in terms of economic distribution, if you have the best product in the world, you want to think about how it's going to get out to the most number of folks. That was an awkwardly constructed sentence. Being born in the first century was the better choice for the message of Jesus to go out into the world. So the law bridges the gap between the papaya and the cross. The law also points out in startling care, clarity how egocentric we truly are. That is me first, okay? The law informs us that we can't figure this thing out in life on our own. So the other morning, okay, I'm on this loop, right, okay? Camp Lincoln, Lower Roy Lake, Nisswa, Upper Roy Lake, 29 Trail, okay? And, and I'm, 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 I encounter on a side road, Everyone did everything right, okay? No one was in the wrong on this. I encounter on a side road three women walking abreast, okay? One, two, three. The person closest on the inside appeared to be the youngest. The person in the middle appeared to be the oldest and was walking ably but with a cane. And the person on the center line, okay, three abreast, one, two, three, okay, was walking very ably but seemed like she was younger than the person who was walking with a cane. So I come around the corner. I see them very quickly. I take a wide berth so that I don't even get close to them because I'm moving with a fair amount of speed. Kidding. I wasn't moving that fast. I was kind of moving fast. At any rate, not violating the laws or statutes of the state of Minnesota, even for a bike. Human behavior. One person with a cane, two, three this person right here sees me come around the corner, and I kid you not, does this. Whoop! Jumps behind the lady with the cane. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. No, the move, if you have a friend who doesn't move quickly, is step in front. You don't step behind. You No, you got, and I'm just like, I'm just laughing inside because I'm just like, that's who we are. We are so egocentric, and even when it's pointed out that we're egocentric, we continue to be egocentric, unless, of source course, something radical happens, which did, something radical happened, something beyond the law, something beyond what's wrong or what's life. What's life? What's living? Living beyond the law, living beyond the list of do's and don'ts. What's life? It's living beyond thinking, how do I manage my sin? And more about how do I live by the Spirit. What is wrong? What is right? What is life? What is life-giving? How do I live by the Spirit of God? And for some people, this gets really, really gooey because it's so much easier to say, just tell me what to do. Tell me what the speed limit is, and I'll violate it with a clear conscience. What is life? What is life-giving? What could I do? What should I do? And by extension, what shouldn't I do? And probably, on some things, the result will be very, very similar to proscriptive law. But the motivating reason, the animating reality, is, it is a vibrant, at times dangerous, but deeply satisfying existence because it is life in the Spirit. It's the promise by faith in Jesus Christ given to those who believe. And Paul will go through great description about what life in the Spirit looks like. And we will explore that as we continue to move forward into Galatians. But for today, are we willing to listen to the Spirit? Are we willing to listen to what is Spirit life giving? of what I could do, of what I should do, of what I can do, understanding I can't do everything. And how do the things that I do fit into the Spirit's best for my life? What does the Spirit lead me to do? The promised Spirit. The reality of the God soaked Spirit's influence in my life. The promise of not less faith, but more faith. The promise of not less belief, but more belief. The promise that I want to believe more, I want more faith. I want more belief. I want to center myself on something other than me. I want to locate the totality of my existence in a God soaked spirit influence. to run wild with the hope. In a few moments, Lee and the team are going to take the stage and provide reflection through music. Then we will embrace our do this in remembrance of me, the Lord's table, communion, the Eucharist. Lee will direct us to the authority of Jesus... And please understand, no one who stands up here has authority over you. This book has authority over you. The power of God has authority over you. Jesus Christ has authority over us. The Spirit has authority over us. There will be a time of examine, a period of silence and confession then a corporate prayer asking for forgiveness. The words will be on the screen. We can say them together. You can pray them silently. The words find their basis in the greatest commandment according to Jesus that we should love the Lord our God and love our neighbor and love ourselves. And then Lee will act as Jesus commanded in John twenty twenty three and tell you about forgiveness of sin and that we can participate in the Lord's Supper. Mechanically, we will use aisles two and four, okay? That's two. This one's four. Move up using aisles two and four. Move back to your chairs using aisles one, three, and five. As you walk forward, you can choose to either be served or self-serve. If you're unable to come forward, simply raise your hand and we will serve you in your seat. If you want to be served, the elements, just hold your hand like this and we will place them in your hand. I like this way. I imagine Jesus taking a piece of bread, dipping it, and putting it in my hand. If you wish to pick up your own piece of bread, that's wonderful. You'll, you'll be invited to dip it in the cup and then partake. Again, you'll touch and feel the, the design of the experience is tactile. Whichever way you care to receive the elements matters less than me to me than where your heart is at. Again, another period of silence, and then the band will build and the vocals will enter and we'll conclude our time with the tune Always, which is a strong statement of God's faithfulness in our lives. Please pray with me. Father, we come. We come not to ask what is wrong or what is right, but we come, O great God, to ask what is life. And how can we experience a spirit filled life consistent with faith, consistent with belief, faith in Jesus, belief in Jesus, hope in Jesus? Father, in the hearts of the willing, let your spirit work. Let us experience something that we cannot create ourselves. Life that you designed for us in Jesus Christ through your spirit. Amen. I invite you to stand.